Lil Wayne gave you your name. Gigi Maguire. That's crazy. There's also a song where he talks about how good I suck his dick, but. So there was this time where me and Wayne had a little friendship with Benefits friendship. He was my buddy. And I was at the concert with my boyfriend at the time, who was my ex that I was with for so long. And little Wayne sees me and he throws his hands up and I'm like, oh shit, right? When Corey Guns goes to rap his verse, he runs to the side of the stage, grabs my face and kisses me in my mouth. My boyfriend is standing right behind me. So wait, so I right, Mercedes, because I'm not gonna lie to you, I got not a Valley fan. I never watched it. Okay. Yeah. So the similar the similarities is Mercedes the storyline with Mercedes is she is the it girl of the pink. The pink is the strip club in Chuckalisa, Mississippi, that Uncle Clifford, who's the, the tranny guy, who he owns, right? Mercedes is the queen of the club. There's a feature stage set that she's a part of, which is three women. Um she um, is trying to have her last dance, and she wants to use that last dance money to open up a um, dance studio for the drill team of young women that she coaches. And one of them just so happens to be the daughter that was taken away from her because she had the daughter at 15 by a married man. And when he passed away, he got his wife to keep the daughter away from her. So she's trying to get her daughter back. She's trying to have this last dance so she can retire from dancing and, and focus on this gym that she wants to open for her girls. And she faces some obstacles, right? Yeah. So season one ends with her supposed to be having his last dance, but she never has the last dance. In season two, um, she ends up getting her daughter back and unofficially having her last dance, and she opens up a pole dance studio. So my real life story is I came to Atlanta and I was bartending at the time. I had two years of dancing experience, but never it was like white clubs. Like I was like a, you know, one of these dancers. I wasn't the, you know. Yeah. So um, I like came Rhino to, in Vegas. I came to right. So I came to Atlanta. I won the amateur night contest. I was immediately asked to work at Magic City from the owner, and it, that was the first history making moment I made. Within a year, I was their very first feature performer, and I created my own stage set called the Snack Pack. The Trinity was Mercedes. The Snack Pack was Magic City. Um, when Kaiser told me that he didn't want me to dance anymore, I um, decided to leave. And they were like, you can't just leave. Like, you're not just any old average stripper. Like, you're, like, the best entertainer we ever seen. Yeah. You have to give the people. You're the show. Right. Like. So I'm like, all right. So I was like, I'm going to have a farewell party. I ended up naming the farewell party The Last Dance because my theme was flash dance. And it was my last time on Magic City stage. So I had a whole flash dance theme, but I crossed out flash and made it last. Who knew that that was going to turn into something? But look how many strippers have had last dances since. Uh, what's this girl? Did it on... Um, on Love and Hip Hop. That was her introduction to Love and Hip Hop. She was having her last dance in Miami, Jessica Don. So um, after my last dance, I, I made $30,000 approximately, and I took that money and I opened up a pole dancing studio. Season two ended with Mercedes taking her money and opened a pole dance studio. Not to mention, the other um, main character, her name was um, Autumn Knight. She got hired, oh, I left out a part. I moved to Atlanta. <laughs> I moved to Atlanta the day of Hurricane Katrina, just by coincidence. But Damn. I was, but I was fleeing Philadelphia because the boyfriend at the time that um, had a heart attack while we were having sex tried to kill me. So I had to get the fuck away from him. And I just packed up all my shit, put it in the car, drove to Atlanta. When I got there, it was the fucking worst rain monsoon I've ever seen in my life. It was August 29th, the day of Hurricane Katrina, the day the lovies broke. Um, I. Uh, Autumn Knight, the other main character, 
there was this flood in which she escaped her abusive boyfriend that was trying to kill her. She ends up in Chuckalisa, Mississippi with a um, with a suitcase with somebody else's ID, and she goes to the strip club, never even danced before, and she goes in and she does this amateur night contest, and she wins the contest, and they hire her as a dancer. So it was both main characters was my real-life main story used as a muse for P-Valley. And the creator herself in season one, the creator herself went on a press run and she definitely said, Gigi Maguire is a muse and I wanted to have it as though Mercedes was packing out the pink the way Gigi Maguire would pack out of Magic City Monday. And then, um, you know, again, when they came on uh, lip service, it was all like brought to surface and we had a whole like, come to Jesus moment about me being that bitch. So, yeah. You being a bitch. No, that bitch. Oh, oh, oh. Yeah, that bitch. Well, either way, I want to say that that's fucking dope. No, that's, that story is dope. Because oh, I, I, I don't know. See, like, wait, you know. more. Snack the other pack. two members. Mm -hmm, the other two members of the snack pack was Virgo and Simone. Virgo and Simone and another girl that used to work with us at Magic City, they are all actresses on P-Valley. They are the other strippers in the club that have speaking roles and this whole thing. Um... I got the call from Simone, who is actually a part of production as well. She's like the liaison to authenticate the script because, you know, we wanted to, they wanted to be as real as possible, right? I got a call from her in the beginning of season two. Hey, P-Valley wants to have some real OGs on this season. Of course. Um, and your name is at the top of the list. So how do you feel about coming on season two, wait for it, as yourself? Damn. Episode 5, Season 2, Gigi Maguire is being honored as a legend in strip alongside Jocelyn Hernandez, Jessica Dime, and Miami Tip from Miami. Tip Trip, yeah. So that's my P-Valley story. <laughs> so yeah, very proud, very mind-blown. Hopefully, now hopefully Season 3 they write me in the script for real, and then it'll all really be a whole come-to-Jesus moment. But wow, so I'm not going to lie to you. I got to be 100% honest with you. Right, and this is like off record, I guess. No, we're actually filming, so. Oh, okay. And we're live, so I don't know if it's well, off record. I, I didn't go like that. Well, there's a lot of um, storylines when it starts in a strip club that I'm like, whatever. But yours is really fucking dope. Thank you. I ain't gonna lie, that's that's really dope, and I think that it, I think that is dope. Mm -hmm. I don't think that is dope because of, like I. I we talked about this before. I'm not like emotionally considerate. But I realize that everybody has a story. I'm not emotionally considerate. Like everybody has a story. I'm glad like, that you're like open with saying that. Like, yeah, because like and acknowledging that, because some people might, you know, take that the wrong way. Yeah, and some of them. I mean, listen, trust me, I've seen comments, right? <laughs> but I think that everybody has a story. Like, like my story. Even though when I thought that it was my story was crazy tough and ah, da 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 da, and then, you know, I had a situation where somebody had to break it down to me. It's like you know, there's way way more worse stories than yours. So like at that point was I had to realize like okay, you know what? You can't just think that because you had a tough life that da 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 da. Mm -hmm. Well, so that's what I kind of clicked for me. But it's not about your story. It's really about where you start, how you finish, and the impact. That's what I'm on. Heavy on the impact and the fact that you got a. A whole see, and and I know the show, but like now that I, cause I didn't know that it was a lot of it was based on your real journey, and it's like crazy because like, P Valley is like a monumental show right now. Yes. You know what I'm saying? So like, and it started with your life. Like that's crazy to me. Like your life, not well. It it technically started with a play, a play that um Katori Hall did called Pussy Valley. But when they 
brought it to a film show yeah. a tv series um i definitely was used as a muse for the storyline because i'm like i'm like the queen of strip like in atlanta yeah. like you can't mention atlanta strip clubs in in, in that time frame and not even the newer girls and not know who Gigi Maguire is like I created a lot of these pole tricks that these girls are still doing today um, I've had so many memorable moments in the club even when Jeezy and um, Gucci Mane did the verses. verses at Made City they was in the comments like where is Gigi Maguire like this ain't right without her like y'all need her remember it was like a delay yeah, and they're yeah. like where, put Gigi on the pole while we wait like y'all need Gigi in the background like where she at so it's like people know like they know. so like I the way I kind of look at stripping is similar to a sport, right? Mm -hmm. So, like, let's oh, say I play football, and then, like, maybe every so often I go play a football game, mm -hmm. right? So, like, obviously probably not in a club, but maybe, maybe even so, maybe at home, whatever the case may be. Do you ever, like, you know what? This is just fun to me. It's something that I really like to do, enjoy doing. Do you just practice pole dancing to this day? I do. I had a pole in one of the rooms in my house, and um, I don't—I I think that pole is the best— um, workout that a woman can do I've and not heard, yeah. just physically because it's full body it's core it's also a mental mind builder like it's a confidence builder like it brings out a, a confidence in you like you see girls like me doing these crazy pole tricks defying gravity how she holding on with just her knees and and then you come to a nice. class and i teach you how to do it and you like oh shit i never thought i could do that or um i would have students that was 80 pounds and couldn't lift the, their little 80 pound frames at the pole. But then I have a big 280 <laughs> bitch come in and flip upside down first. Throw it. Yeah. She throwing you know? it. And um, so not only do I, um, you know, that's part of how I continue to keep my frame all of these years. I also eat very well. Um, but um, I have an OnlyFans. And a lot of my OnlyFans is me twerking on the pole, or I might do a little one-two step. Um, and, you know, people like to see it. So I like to give the people what they like to see, um, especially when I'm getting paid still. I actually, make, <laughs> I actually make more money on OnlyFans right now than all of my other hustles. But um, I thank you. But I make more money. I make probably what I made dancing, and I don't even have to dance, nor do I leave my house. Like, I do it from the privacy of my home. And there's no porn. Sorry, guys. Where's the camera? Sorry, guys. There's no porn on my OnlyFans. Um, you get to see these titties. They're pierced. They're beautiful. Um, <laughs> I'm going to do a little twerk. You know what I'm saying? I might, uh, you know, I, my customs get a little racy because they pay $100 a minute for that. So I might do a little masturbation, a little self-love. And, you know, I might deep throw the dildo or two. But, or two. Um, <laughs> yeah. That's At the same time? Hard. No. Oh. <laughs> no, but saying, meaning I've done it once or twice. I've never been um, on OnlyFans but that is very tempting, and that's but, coming from a married man, right? Yeah. yeah. Oh, OnlyFans is cool. Um, the, I was the on my subscribe. Do I subscribe? It's very <laughs> unfortunate. The stigma that's put on OnlyFans is very unfortunate because people, as soon as you say, oh, I got OnlyFans, they automatically think you on there sucking dick or posting your, your backshot videos that you got in the archives in your phone, and that's not even what the site was created for, yeah. nor is that what all of the content is. Like, yes, girls are on there giving porn. Yes, you know, it's a lot of that happening, but everybody that has OnlyFans isn't doing that. And I've never been a porn star. I've never wanted to be a porn star. The only porn you're ever going to find is the hidden archives in my phone. You know, my ex might have a few or, you know, a random. But it's, it's not, um, yeah, porn is not what I'm giving and not what I will ever give. That's so funny because I remember when OnlyFans first came out and um, 
I was told like, yo, you should do this too, but like it wasn't. It was way before it became a whole sex thing. No, it became a whole sex thing during COVID. Really? No, it was definitely sex before COVID. But it blew. Cause in co- listen, right because before COVID, COVID, it was it was happening before COVID, but it wasn't as mainstream. It became was... mainstream because us Negroes and everybody else was bored in the house and the house bored. And, you know, a lot of people was deprived <laughs> and, you know, we were missing the strip club and we was missing our boot things and we was, you know, we was doing our thing. And then um, Meg Thee Stallion and Beyonce with the remix. And then that mm. month I made twenty three thousand dollars. The month that the the remix came out when Beyonce said right cheek, left cheek, whatever she said, I might get her only uh, get only fans. I made twenty three thousand. Did they pay her for that? Cause that... I don't know, but I got paid. <laughs> it doesn't matter. Somebody got paid. I'm sure a whole lot of other people got paid. I'm sure that if you ask people that have OnlyFans, what was their most, um, mind you, um, monetary whatever month in during COVID, they're gonna say April. And it went from it was April May, so it went from like I was probably doing like ten thousand average, and then it went um, twenty three thousand, eighteen thousand, and then it started to go back down to ten after that. But like, see, I kind of feel. And and this is only because of what we were speaking about behind, um, before here. And I feel like it's a little bit different for you. I think, and, and correct me if I'm wrong, I feel as if you do this because that's what you like to do. Mm-hmm. Like, I also think, like, you have the ability to be like, I don't need to do this. This is just, this is just fun for me. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of people that do this because this is what they to. have to do. So, honestly, and I don't think that I've said this on any camera, even my own show, um, and a lot of people don't know this unless you were around at the time, but before I activated, because I started my OnlyFans account when we interviewed, um, what's my baby with the yellow hair, transgender? Um, dang, what's her name? I'm so sorry, I can't remember your name right now, girl. Um, Hmm? No, she, um, damn, it's on the tip of my tongue. She's um, she's a transgender woman. She has yellow hair. Banana pussy is her hashtag. She's friends with Sydney Star. I love this girl. I'm so mad I can't think of her name right now. But anyway, it'll come to me. We interviewed her, and she said on lip service that she makes $25,000 a month on OnlyFans. So me and Stephanie <laughs> looked at each other. No, on the ride home, me and Stephanie was like, bitch, I, what's up with the OnlyFans? So I went and made an account. But I'm still like, okay, it's so taboo. People saying it's porn. I don't know what people going to think about me. Even though I'm ne- I've am i never been the what people think person. I do my own thing. What you eat don't make me shit and vice versa. However, I have a daughter. Yeah. I have a family. You know, I have this platform with lip service where I'm looked at and regarded with a certain respect. I come from the uh, adult entertainment world, and I understand that there's levels to people understanding. My ex couldn't take it, which is why I quit. So I didn't want to—and I've been long, 10-year retired. So I didn't want it to come off in a desperate, thirsty, you know, type of way. So I was kind of a little—you know, I made the page, but I was a little apprehensive of posting it, right? So um, I decided that— I, you know, I sit in the house and do nothing all day. Let me try to find something to do to make some money. Just, you know, why not? So I signed up for Instacart, and I was going to do Instacart. I went in Publix. I went in Publix for an hour and a half. And then I walked out of Publix, <laughs> and I went home, 
and I went through my phone. I said, you know what? Fuck this Instacart shit. I'm about to launch my OnlyFans. I went home and I went through my phone and I found all my nudes and all my little twerk videos and I put cupcake emojis and smiley face emojis over my nipples and I posted all them nudes. I went to my Instagram and I posted a, a video of me like on the pole in my in the room and the you know twerking and all of that. And um, I woke up. To, I went to sleep. It was actually it was the night that Kobe Bryant passed away. May he rest in peace. Rest in peace. I went to sleep. And I woke up to fifteen hundred dollars, and I'm like, okay, we can That's do this. The beginning. <laughs> yeah, we can do this. Money in your yeah. sleep. We can do this. So, Shauna Brooks, Brooks, I'm so sorry, my baby. I love you so much. Blame it on the weed, but yeah, I love Shauna. <laughs> so yeah, Shauna said that she um, was making twenty five bands a month, and I'm like. Doing what? And she was like, girl, I'll tell you later. But I ain't even have to know what she was doing. And here's the thing, another thing. <laughs> when it comes to different women and who they are, what they bring and what they do, right? So I am known as being this very sexual, open-minded, openly bisexual, I'm a love to suck some dick talk about it on my show and you know that I'm known for being sexual I'm known I used to be a stripper everybody knows this is how we know Gigi Maguire right so when I put on OnlyFans um, when I put out on OnlyFans and I put into the social media hey I have OnlyFans guys are going to look at me like oh I'm trying to see with Gigi yeah and now that's what I'm giving because yeah. look how she look look how she talk she made a nigga damn near die off of the pussy like you know I want to see what she got going on. Yeah, he had a heart attack. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because <laughs> she's a legend. She gave the tea. She was like, I don't do much. I might do a little to this. I might do a little. Then she was like, I might do a little. I'm like, oh, yeah, shit. Yeah, so I the tease is kind of, you so know, So what fried. it is is, right. But then you got Tammy from up the street that work at <laughs> the bank. And she started OnlyFans. It's over. And she don't have this. A following of men who already look at her as a sexual being. So Tammy got to put the porn flicks out because ain't nobody checking for Tammy otherwise. You she know gotta, what I'm saying? Yeah, she got to shock you. So I didn't have, exactly, I didn't have to come with the shock factor because I already come with the sex oozing out of my pores. Yeah. People are expecting this from a woman like me. Um, they're not expecting it from Tammy, so Tammy got to go hard to get that coin. I don't. Well, I mean, it's also a body of work thing too, right? So you've already were doing it, so... Yeah, it's, it is an expectation, and Tammy obviously has to shock. But what I want to get into is, is well, my question is, because it's crazy. I think you're dope. Like, it's fuck. Like, I'm not going to lie. I, I think you're dope. And have do you feel as if, well, before I even ask you that question, but when you're dating now in a serious relationship, right? I am in a relationship. Hey, boo. <laughs> what are like the two or give me the top three things that you're looking for um, um, in a relationship as in like a love or language an, thing or what I expect from my partner or whatever like your top three most prioritized factors in that person okay honesty security and affection by security I need to know that I'm straight. I need to know that you got my back. To what extent? All extents. <laughs> I need to know that I'm protected when I'm outside, yeah. when I'm with you. I need to know that me and my boyfriend got matching clocks. <laughs> matching clocks? Matching clocks. And we didn't know. So one of the first times that we spent, like, you know, chill at the apartment time together, um, we both, like, sat down and pulled our guns out. Like, 
his was on the on over there. My that's that Atlanta and you. Like, <laughs> that's Atlanta for you. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> so I I need to know that I'm safe with you. I need to know that if I have a problem, I can count on you to fix it. I need to know that security within my relationship. I need to know that it's me for you and you for me because I'm definitely giving 100%. I need the reciprocity. I need that in return. That's what I am. I'm a reciprocator, man. Yeah. Same. And I, and I think that that's a great tone to set because it's like, well, we were kind of talking about this before and it's like, I initiate a lot of things but with certain things I'm a reciprocator of. You know what I'm saying? With like emotional, remember I told you I'm not emotional, emotionally considerate. So you need to actually be the initiator with displaying how much emotion is going to be in this relationship and I can match that mm -hmm. you know what I'm saying so I definitely get that now do you feel as if your history or past life right has possibly trumped something that you might have wanted in a man um, or maybe it did or you know would have could have I mean I already know a little bit about your dating history so it's like alright it's lit right Yeah. but was that really the person for you you know or I'm a strong believer in you are going to get what's for you. Okay. I, I don't think anything is chosen. I think that it's God's plan. I think that it's the universe doing its magic. I think that the good and the bad, you know, is things that we are supposed to experience. I feel like um, life is about lessons. And um, even when we go through trauma, losing a loved one or, you know, an illness or anything like that, um, we always question like why or and and I'm, I'm one of those people who believe that you're not gonna get tested with anything that you can't overcome and it's up Thanks. to you to take that hurt and turn it into a triumphant situation um, you know we don't always know why things are happening until we get to the other side of it and then we're like it's like that meme where God is holding the, the big teddy bear and the little girl doesn't want to give him the little, the little teddy bear it's oh, yeah, like yeah. sometimes yeah. you just gotta you know, go through the hurt in order to get the reward. Trust the process. Yeah, trust the process. So, when you were starting off in your career, right, you weren't doing it, obviously, prior. Dancing? Dancing. Well, previous career. Um, I started... Like, before you moved from Philly. I was dancing in Philly. Okay. I danced in Philly for two years, and then um, heart attack guy made me quit. I always... <laughs> heart attack guy. He tried to kill her while he was having a heart attack. May he rest in peace. Wow. I didn't kill him. Wow. People think I killed him because on lip service, we just leave it open because it's, you know, the thing to do. Like, we just, not to say that I killed somebody, but, you know, <laughs> it, it keeps them, it, you know, it's it keeps the people going. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Give him a cliffhanger. That's exactly. entertainment, people. Don't take it overboard. Exactly. Go exactly. do your research. So whenever we talk about it and, you know, Angela might bring it up, and then I always say, you know, yes, he had a heart attack and a pussy, may he rest in peace. It automatically goes to, oh, shit, she killed him, right? I didn't kill him. Thanks. I would think so. Um, he, he ended up in the hospital uh, 12 days total, seven days in ICU, five days in, you know, the after part and with the, the heart monitors and the oxygen tubes and all of that. Um, he, after that, was on blood thinners and heart medicine for the rest of his life. But he was a street guy. So after, um, a few years after we broke up, I actually left uh, Philadelphia running from him because he tried to kill me. And um, he... Can I ask why? I tried to break up with him. And he wanted to end my life. So he... Um, that happened to me multiple times. My life has been very repetitive. Like, things happen to me 
multiple times. Like I get tested with the same lessons, I feel like, multiple times. Um, so th th he wasn't the first person who tried to take my life, um, a man that I was dealing with. But I wasn't going for that, so I left Philly. And he, um, he was in the streets and he was um, uh, put in the trunk by gunpoint and um, shot and his body was burned. So when they found him burning in... Passed? Yeah, when yeah. they found his body burning in the trunk of this car that these men put him in, um, the report, of course, came back that he was shot and burnt. The body was burnt to, I guess, conceal, you know, the... Whatever happened. The clues, right? Whatever he wasn't, so... So, when the autopsy came back, he actually died of a heart attack. He knew when them people put him in that trunk and pulled that gun out, he had a heart attack and died before they even shot him. And they just left it there. But they, they still shot him and still burnt his body because, of course, they didn't know that he had a heart attack and died. Like, how yeah, did they yeah. know that? So, yeah, he did eventually die of a heart attack, but not the heart attack that he had in my vagina. I didn't kill him. May he what is that like for somebody to have a heart attack in your vagina? I was 25 years old. I'm 43 right now. Wait, somebody had a heart attack in the vagina? That's what she's this talking man, about. The guy. The guy had a heart attack while having sex with her. Was he, he was he on something? He was 31 years old. He wasn't on any drugs 31. or anything. I was 25. Okay. The problem, and this you is what we You was pushing him to, that's that Gemini. I was pushing him to the limit, but <laughs> I was. I was a bartender at the time. I came home from work drunk. We was having sex. He came, flipped me over, keep going. Yes, daddy, oh, yes, come again. Flip him over, get on top. I'm trying to ride life out of him, and he literally... You rid the life out of him. Exactly. <laughs> he picked me up and threw me off of him and grabbed his chest, and it was a whole thing, and he went to the... I took him to the hospital, and yeah, but... Um, Come to find out after <laughs> after all of this, when you know once the doctors was working on him in, in the hospital, come to find out he had a heart problem that he was not aware of. Gotcha. Um, so you know, unfortunately, um, especially men, um, you know, people who don't have uh, health insurance or you know men that just feel like they don't have to go to the doctor unless their dick is burning, they don't get checkups regularly. They don't get the proper health care that they need. And this man was suffering from a heart condition that he had no idea. And of course, I had no idea. So when I flipped him over and started riding his dick for him to come a third time, he had a heart attack. Third so time, she it. said. The third time. She said the third time. So that's, yeah, that's, that's too how much. Three nuts? Yeah. <laughs> May he rest in peace. Yes, may he rest in peace. I would, I would be in the same. Look, look get off. We're done. I gotta go have a committee meeting with me and myself. <laughs> but yeah, I was bartending. Um, I had stopped dancing, and I was bartending. And um, when this, when I tried to break up with him, and he wasn't having it. Of course, he almost I, lost his life with you. Yeah, and then um, I ended up, again, I ended up in Atlanta, sorry. I ended up in Atlanta the day of Hurricane Katrina, and um, I wasn't dancing. I didn't want to dance again. I wanted to continue bartending. But my friend at the time who I went to Atlanta with had already been working at Magic City since the All-Star Game was there like a few years earlier than that, like 2002 or three. Um, and she would always tell me about how much money she made whenever she went to Atlanta, and she would always be like, girl, you should come. But I was 90 pounds in an A cup 
And I was very intimidated by the thickums in the South, and I never took her up on her offer. And when I got to Magic City and she was working and they started telling me about this amateur night contest, they they literally had to, like, talk me into it. And then they're like, she's like, you know, you can—it don't matter if you think you can dance. Like, you do pole tricks. These girls ain't doing pole tricks. Yeah. So, and that's coming from Philly. Yeah. So I um, got on that stage and I did the amateur night contest. I danced to Michael Jackson, Wanna Be Starting Something, because I was not familiar familiar with the down south music and the lean with it rock with it and I you know I couldn't dance like those girls so I did what I do naturally and I wowed the entire room and I won the contest but I want to know what got you to dancing like uh, like I I was a drug mule I was homeless so I had my daughter at the age of 17 um, when she was five months old, me and my mom got into an argument and I beat her up. And <laughs> Did you beat your mother up? I beat my mother with an ironing board. And I'm not proud of it, but it's the truth. Um, Are y'all good now? Is she alive? May she rest in peace. My okay. mom passed away five years ago to uh, pancreatic cancer. Sorry. Yeah. She was the best I've ever Period. Thank you. Um, so, five months, my daughter was five months, me and my mom had an argument. She had a glass of wine. She threw the wine in my face, baby in my arms, baby starts crying. I'm in the bathroom trying to give the baby a bath to put her back to sleep, and I, we're still arguing. It turns physical. The ironing board is leaning up against the wall. I beat her with it. She put me out. I end up living in um, my best friend at the time. She also passed away. Um, was dating this like drug dealer guy, and he had this apartment where they kept the guns and the drugs, and they and they made the drugs and they counted the money. Trap and, house. Mm -hmm. It wasn't the trap house where they sold the stuff. It was the hangout trap house where they manufactured the stuff. Okay. It was like the factory trap house. Okay. Um, the where they hung house. out at the fact so, house. The fact house, right? So <laughs> in Florida, um, they call it we the always yeah. we always spent <laughs> time there with them. So when um, that night when I left my mother's house, I went over there because I didn't have anywhere else to go, and they were like, you can stay here. So I stayed there. Um, what was rewind. going through your mind at that time? Like, what are you thinking at that time? You're going into this house. Survival. Like, I'm a mother. I'm an 18-year-old mother. I'm just trying to survive. I did you, you you didn't figure it out? You just and like provide. No. survive yeah. and provide. Yeah. So it was and my daughter's father had gotten murdered. He was shot eighteen times, so he wasn't around. So you, so at this time you're just trying to figure out step by step, not even yeah. day by day. Yeah, step by step, minute by minute. Yeah, that's true. It's more minute by minute, yeah. right? So I lived, ahead, this, I'm sorry. I lived in this apartment. I slept with AR-15s under the bed. I learned how to, um, I eventually, I counted a lot of money. I helped them with their books. I eventually learned how to um, chop and bag crack and weed and whey and all of that. Um, so they would have me sitting at the table. Um, I am, I'm a caregiver. I come from a very large family. My mother was like big mama of just not the family, but of the neighborhood. So I always, there was always a open door, a warm place to sleep and a hot meal in my house for anyone who needed it. So I, that's one of the things that I definitely took most from my mother than my three siblings. Um, and I'm, I'm very much like my mother in that way. So when I'm in this house with my two best friends and all of these guys, 
I'm cooking, I'm cleaning. There was even a point in time where I sucked a few dicks. And <laughs> I was I was being taken care of very well. Um, but, you know. And the guys are respectful to you. Yeah. One of them was my friend's boyfriend. I dated, well, I don't date, but I dealt with another one eventually. And then there might have been, like, a plug or um, an associate from the streets that came through once or twice that I slid off with. But um, Wait, so one of them was your friend's boyfriend? So my, my best friend who passed away, it was her boyfriend was like the main of these of this group of guys. He was, like, he was like Nino Brown okay. of the crew. So did she know that? Yeah. She was cool with it? Yeah. Okay. That's all the obvious. We were seventeen and eighteen. We was little. No, nah, no, nah, listen, I And look, they were young too. I listen, when I was seventeen, well not really, I had a little girlfriend, but like nineteen, uh, you know, we knew. Yeah. So um but, I'm the, sorry, but my question was like was you messing around with the guys part of the survival, or it was absolutely. just absolutely for sure. They expected so that. So the from one you. guy that I had a thing with, um, you know, it was it a mutual something. like flirtation thing, and I fucked him a few times, and that was it. The the plug or the street associate that came through and snatched me up here and there, it was definitely like. So one of the guys they told me not to deal with, like, so these guys became my brothers. Okay. Right, the guys in the house became my brothers, so they told me not to deal with this one guy. He's no good. We do business with him, and if something happened between y'all and he disrespected you, we gonna have to choose you over him, and that's gonna fuck up business. So stay away from him. Yeah. Did, did I listen? Nope. Absolutely not. This was. Why did you really like him? Why? Why? <laughs> it's like it's like the thrill of like when somebody tell you not to do something, and you want to know why, so you do it anyway. You know what I'm saying? Like, you get that, like, it's like when your mom tell you, like, don't eat the chocolate because it's going to make your stomach hurt because you ain't had no dinner. And you go and sneak and eat the chocolate. Like, I was eating the chocolate. <laughs> and let me tell you, this guy, this guy was the first guy who, even though I didn't expect or ask or even know about, like, a, a exchange of money for services type of situation. The first time I went out with this guy, we went out to eat, we went to the movies, we ended up in some hotel, we fucked. He brought me back the next morning, and before I got out the car, he passed me $500. So he's like, put this in your pocket. And then every time I seen him, he would give me money. So. What did that feel like? I had $500. <sighs> I feel so bad because, like, a lot of women. I mean, somebody could associate that with love. Well, it's it's, li it's literally a trick. That's why it's called tricking. Yeah, but I didn't know that was. No, happening. he was young though. He was getting money. That's... He was like twenty three, but I didn't know that that's what this was. And prior to that, I had dealt with a man who, when I was fifteen, I dealt with a man who was like twenty three, and he did a lot of things for me too. Like he was that guy that you know how they say like all of the pretty girls in high school got the older drug dealer boys that come pick them up. Like I had that whole thing happen at fifteen. And at fifteen, yeah. And this guy was like really poured in. Like we should not have been having sex, but he really poured into me a lot of what you get from me today. A lot of the confidence, a lot of the bad bitch energy, a lot of the I'm not dealing with a man that's not gonna make sure I'm straight energy because he would like put, drill that, almost like pimp like, drill that into my head 15. I dealt with him till I was 22. So 15, 16, 17, I'm dealing with him and he's like, if, if you fucking a nigga and he know your phone bill need to be paid and don't pay it, don't fuck that nigga no more because he should make sure you're straight. Like, that type of time. There's a group of men telling you that the one man who I believe, I don't want to speak down on him, but we would call him Simpty, 
right? Telling you don't bite the bait, but you bit the bait. Now I'm I'm curious to figure out what happened between you, him, and your brothers. Well, this wasn't a this was an overlapping thing, but this was a situation that was already. Oh, you talking about the the guy that gave me the five hundred dollars? Yeah, yeah. Well, oh, but, but that was so, the one. Um, no, not the same guy. Oh, so I, all right, my bad. Yeah, so okay, what I tried, bad. what I was trying my to explain bad, bad. was, yeah. even though this guy things. was the first person to fuck me and then give me money, right? Without me saying, that I opened your it. mind that you can do it. I had already dealt with a guy that was telling me that there are guys out here like this, and oh. make sure that you never settle for a nigga that's not gonna fuck with you. That so way. there was one out here saying that, and one out here and proving it. It happened in real life, exactly. Gotcha. And when it happened in real life, I'm like, damn, this what this nigga was talking about. But the guy that I was dealing with when I was really young, he did a lot for me as well. Like. He it was almost manipulative in a way, but like he took me shopping one day and bought me all of this shit and um and held it and then um when I went to his apartment he had it like all on display on the dresser. <laughs> it's a sick game out here. It's sick it's sick. I don't like it. I don't like it. I don't like yeah. it. But again, I feel like and it's it's really, you know, I don't know, weird or, you know, maybe unconventional, but I feel like this man helped mold me into the woman that I am and I am proud of it. I don't think I don't think I don't believe in me personally, I don't believe anyone should really regret life. Oh, right? I don't regret anything. Yeah, that that's so on the opposite end of the spectrum. I believe that everybody should embrace their downfalls and embrace their lessons and embrace their highest points in their life, right? So you should always kind of, in my opinion, you should always be proud of yourself, no matter where you're at, you know. And but like, so right now, like I got this thing with my girl. What I be like, my new thing that I'm trying to drill into her head is like, what's the most efficient way of doing whatever this is. Right. So whether it be a business, whether it be, you know, finding a schedule for taking the kids and picking the kids up from school, whatever is the most efficient way, let's push that. And then let's try to see if there's a more efficient way. And if not, you know, if it's not, it's not. Mm -hmm. So what I'm trying to get to is, do you think that without this whole journey of dealing with drugs, being in the streets, you know, what I'm saying doing all of that. Do you think that you could be at the same height that you are right now in another way? No, it would be totally different. Yeah, I could. I, I understand that because I, I, I do believe that it's unfair to think everybody has the same path. Nobody has yeah. the same path. I wasn't supposed to end up on stage at a strip club. I was supposed to end up on stage at the Grammys, background dancing for Madonna. That was my life path. I was a ballet dancer. I was technically trained in dance. I, my high school was like fame. That's why I became so good at strip because I was already a dancer. Okay. You know what I'm saying? Like I was, I went to private school and tennis lessons and I was my mother's golden child because my father who was married when he had me and my sister 16 days later by another woman, his father, his family was rich. His father became a millionaire in 1962, um, okay. self-made. And, and he, he came from this family and my mother wanted you know, I, I I don't know if she went in, but whatever the case, I was her golden child. You know, I was Take put it. on a pedestal. I was I was smart and 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 talented, and you know, I was her ticket into this family that yeah. she was able to kind of live a better life with. 
You know, like my my grandmother owned a house in the shore that we spent every summer at, and my grandfather had an in-ground pool, and you know, the the, the Christmas tree would be 14 feet because the ceilings was that high. You know what I'm saying? And my mom was selling weed out the back door and and being a nurse, a CNA, uh, not a CNA. She was a home health care aide on the side. She sold weed out the back door and. Um, you know, she collected food stamps for her four kids and 13 grandchildren, however many it is. You know what I'm saying? So it was like, uh, this was her life, but this is what this man had over here, and I was the key to unlock her into this lifestyle. Which you ended up having, or you still have, at, at the end of the day. It's just, it was probably just, it's definitely a rougher patch, but... Yeah. The, it's just got to be realistic with the with the world, though, because it's like, I could, every, yeah, but, every, like... She earns the top five percent income in the U.S. as right. No, no, no. That's not. That's not the thing. See, that's dope. See, I'm all for trials, tribulations, and then your outcome. That's mm-hmm. your story. It's I'm a beautiful thing, right? I'm for that too. But like, you know, it's like there's many guys, like going on the flip end on the guy side, mm-hmm. who are in the streets, right? And they get money. You know what I'm saying? But. Some of them, not even some of them, one percent of them, just like one percent of her, make it out and transform the business. Ninety nine percent of them die or they go to jail. Oh, I did 90 days on Rockers Island, too. See, when I was 22 years old. And and the thing is, like my my biggest thing is that we have to also understand because like she's a legend. She's the exception. She's an exception to the rule. And people need to understand. Like, it's dope to look up to people like herself, who have a similar story and journey, but they need to understand that the odds are usually not in your favor. No. I'm, you know I'm what I mean? Lucky. I feel like I cheated death a few times. Um, I feel like I've been dealt with some hard cards, but I, I somehow always seem to win. Um, going back to how I ended up Magic City and that whole thing. So after leaving this apartment, I left this apartment because I felt like, okay, sooner or later something going to happen here and I got to remove mm-hmm. myself and my child. So I worked on getting my own place and literally within a month of me moving, moving out, that place and like three other places that they had got raided. And there was some jail time amongst the guys. There was some lives lost throughout that time. My best friend, who was the girlfriend of one of the, the main guys, she ended up passing away in a car accident where me and my daughter were supposed to be in that car. So I feel like that was the first time I cheated death. Yeah. Um, that really changed me. I didn't stay in the house too much longer after she passed away. Um, I went to, uh, oh, my my daughter's father's family, I ended up um, losing my apartment and I went to live in the apartment where he got killed in. Mm. And I met another young man from that shady area of North Philadelphia who eventually tried to take my life when I tried to break up with him. I went to my mother's house at 3 in the morning with my daughter, my purse, the clothes on my back, and a diaper bag. And my mother told me that I could stay with her for 48 hours, but then I would have to figure out where I was going. She could have been planning my funeral in 48 hours. This man had woke me up with a knife to my throat. He could have decapitated me and my child. You could be planning both of our funerals. And she told me that I had to get out of her house, and like I only had 48 hours to figure it out, right? I didn't even stay 48 minutes. I went and moved. Uh, my god sister had just bought a house, and I went and I moved into her unfinished, moldy, damp basement, and I didn't have anything. I'm starting from scratch. I have with no car. Baby. I have no clothes. I have a two-year-old with no father, and I'm in survival mode. So I get a phone call from a friend of hers who she had given my number to, and it's this guy named Mikey, and he's like, I can get you some money. 
you take a trip to Jamaica. I went to Jamaica, I swallowed 90 grams of heroin. And on my way to the airport, they're like, we'll give you another 3,000 if you take this suitcase. So I'm like, okay, what's with the suitcase? They're like, it's weed, but they'll never find it. They found the weed. Of course they would. So I got arrested for the weed in JFK Airport. But 12 pounds, 12 and a half pounds of weed in JFK Airport in January of 2000 was like 12 grams of weed today. You know what I'm saying? It wasn't like the end of the world. I got a slap on the wrist for that. I was 19. I was a first-time offender. You know, I got five years probation, and I had to pay like $1,500 restitution. I ended up in jail. Right. Oh, I, I gave them the hair. I shitted it out. One of the... <laughs> no, I did. I shitted it out. That's a whole other story. But I was worried, like, yo, so what happened to, what happened to the heroin? So so I was in... I was. I went through um, intake and processing. Um, they took me from the airport holding to Rikers Island intake processing. And um, I made the phone call. So the phone call was, do I call my brothers and tell them that I'm holding 90 grams of heroin and to come get me from jail? Or do I call Mikey and give him back his shit? Who y'all think I call? Mikey. Mm-hmm. I fucking knew it. Why didn't you call your brothers? Because Mikey knew where my sister lived, and Mikey could have possibly come back and hurt my family over this 90 grams of heroin. True. So, true. And, and they were, yeah, <laughs> true, right. True, and true. and they were mad that I didn't call them, but I'm like, I, I, I couldn't call y'all. As Wait, where was your daughter? <laughs> That's a funny story. So, again, I was a dancer, <laughs> right? I was a dancer. Like, I was, like, a real, like, hip-hop. I was in a hip-hop group that we did, like, talent shows and hair shows and shit. Like, all of the fi- the fire-ass hair salons would hire us to do their hair shows and that whole thing. Like, you know, really choreographed dancer. So, um, I have a cousin who owns a barbershop in Philly. And we he was, like, my second dad. Like, we were, like, really, really tight. And I was um, always a shampoo girl at his barbershop. Whenever I felt like I wanted a job, I would go to the barbershop and wash hair. And he was really close with my daughter. So he kept my daughter for the two weeks that was in Jamaica. But I told him that I was going to Jamaica because I was a background dancer for Eve and that she was touring in Jamaica and that that was why I was going to Jamaica. He was lying. I lied. (laughs) I couldn't tell him I was going to swallow drugs. I mean, she's on survivor mode. I'm not mad at it. And part of, um, I was that two-year-old. Part of like, I get it. I was I was the one watching it. Like, what the fuck yeah. going on? So, around here? Um, I ended up getting restitution. I violated my probation um, a couple years later, and when I went to court, the judge remanded me to Rikers Island for 90 days. So that's why I did 90 days at. Oh, uh, uh, probation violation. Yeah. Okay. Yo, yeah. P. I, yeah. I moved. I, I moved. No, I don't. Then didn't tell him, <laughs> and I moved from Philadelphia to Montgomery County, and and didn't tell the courts or whatever. I didn't know I had to. And um, somehow they found out, and I got a letter in the mail saying that I had a court date. So mm-hmm. I show up to court with Cousin Jay, thinking I was going, you know, say I'm sorry. And, and no, the judge was like, oh, remand. And I'm like, what does that mean? And they're like, uh, man, put your hands behind your back. Yep. <laughs> so it's time I, to go. I went and I spent 90 days on records out. Now, at that time, <laughs> I was dancing. And I was dancing at a club in Philadelphia, um, again, one of those spearmint rhino clubs, right? And I was... Um, we had a we had a moment where we understood. Uh, yeah, she's just bringing it back. Yeah. So um, <laughs> I was dancing at this club at the time, and I was a sugar baby. I was having multiple relationships with older married men for money. I was probably fucking one of my homegirls, baby daddies. I was a bully. Um, there's a very popular girl who I will name off camera who I bullied the fuck out of in the strip club. And I regret it today, but I was a mean girl. I was a bitch. 
I had got fired from the first club I danced at because I had a glass like this in my hand and I punched a girl in the face and the um, this part broke and you see the scar right here, 10 stitches in my hand, who knows how many was in her face. And I was fired, but and then I became like a strip club legend. I became like the crazy black girl. So they say I Geminis are crazy. Yeah. So I ran with like the crazy black girl thing. I took that to the new club and I ran with like, I'm a fucking crazy ass black bitch. So don't fuck with me, you stupid ass white bitch, because I will fuck you up. Okay. So, um, and that was it bad. Worked. It was terrible. It worked, but it was terrible. I was a bad person. At the, at the same you time. You were a hurt person. Bad circumstances. Yeah, you were a hurt time, person. I'm popping X pills every night to work. I'm drinking apple martinis and kamikaze shots. You know, that's like six ounces of vodka at a time. I'm 90 pounds. And I'm drinking and drugging and eating McDonald's and just not taking care of myself at all. And I had a, um, uh, I have a trait for polycystic kidney disorder. So I kept ending up in the hospital. I was sick. Um, my bills wasn't getting paid. I was spending my money on Versace and I was just being hella reckless. So I feel like I needed to do that 90 days so that I could take a time out and a step cleanse. back and realize that all of my problems stem from my actions and that I did not need to be a mean bitch and that I did not need to be um, fucking on these married men for money and I did not need to be doing a lot of these um, just very reckless things that I was doing at the time. I was 22 years old. Um, I came out of jail a whole new person. And since then, my life has been nothing but blessed. I came out of jail realizing that you have to be a good person because, not for the reward, but just because it's the right thing to do. And I've lived my life, I'm 43 right now, I lived my life like that ever since, and I've been nothing but blessed. So again, like I said earlier, everything happens for a reason. It's like, at yeah. the time, I'm in jail, like, fuck, I'm in jail. That was your last warning, just I letting you know. I, I, I feel that way, too. <laughs> that I was your like, last warning. Yeah, I feel like after that, things might have gotten out of control for me. Well, you were, you were basically in the middle of it all, the worst of the worst, ups and downs, and everything else, right? Mm -hmm. What would possibly make you feel or even think there was something better? To continue going, continue going, and saying I could do, because you come across like a very positive person. Yeah, of course. And it's I just, wasn't always. Yeah, I'm about to say, <laughs> this is the remember. This is the result. Is the result. <laughs> Yeah, but she said okay. she said that I was not this way. I was a mean girl. I was a bitch. I I took that bully status and I ran with it. I was not a nice person. I was I was not. So what changed you? The ninety days. Yes, I. So if it wasn't for my boyfriend, at it was the time, reflection in ninety days. If it wasn't for my boyfriend at the time, I would have lost days, yeah. my home. <laughs> my boyfriend at the time paid my bills and took took care of my child. I had a cousin that lived with me at the time, and you know they made sure that my house stayed intact, my bills was paid, and my child was taken care of. And my ex best friend at the time, the Korean girl, she was a part of that as well. Who knows if she was fucking him too? I don't know. But um, <laughs> but um, he brought her to come see me in jail. He made sure my bills was paid. He kept up with the visits, and you know in records. You could wear like real clothes. So he made sure I was fresh in the dip. He made in the drip. He made sure I had. Money you was in my risking it all in jail. But if it wasn't <laughs> for him, I would have lost everything that I had previously worked yeah. for. After getting my own place, I would have lost it all because I had no money saved. Let me tell you, I would make seven hundred dollars on a Friday night, and Saturday morning I would get up and go to the mall and spend six hundred of those dollars. Just because I could, yeah, and and I would. It's because you knew it was coming back, so that I can pay to work the next day. Yep. And I would, and I did this to for the first back. maybe two years of me dancing. When I went to jail and realized that I had nothing, that's a horrible feeling. I'm like, okay, 
I can't do this when I get out because if it wasn't for this man, I have nothing. I would not be able to do anything. Oh, sorry. If it wasn't for this man, I have nothing. I wouldn't be able to do anything that I'm doing. I, how would I survive? And he's your boyfriend at this at time. time. Not just sugar. Not just no. Sugar he daddy. was my boyfriend at the time. And you loved him. Yes. Mm. Okay. You loved him, or did you love what he could do and would do for you? No, I was. I loved him. Is, I loved him because he wasn't. He was a dope boy in the street driving a, a Crown Vic. Like he wasn't like no rich nigga. He uh, wasn't out here. Yeah. Just like making his moves here and there. Yeah, he was selling weed and crack. So, so did you no kingpin or nothing like that? But you. But okay. So so you're trying to say. Well, not trying to say. What I'm understanding, right, is that you love the fact that he would go above and beyond for you, no matter his resource amount of resources, rather than giving you disposable resources. Well, I've always had, and I don't know. So we know. Every girl in the world swears she got good pussy. Every girl in the world swears she's the best dick sucker. Unless you know you don't suck dick and then you like, bitch, my dick sucker's trash because I don't suck dick. But every girl in the world is not going to say that they have mediocre vagina or that they have just... And why don't they... I don't know. Y'all do the same thing. Not one man is going to say my dick is mediocre, my dick is average, right? But I know, and people are like, how do you know? For one, a man died. But for two, I know that I have good sex. I've always been wifed. Men meet me and they wife me immediately. They love that I'm a nigga. Like, I'm a... I'm I'm about to say you just... They love that that I get money. I'm a good get her. They love that I cook. I clean. I like to have sex. I'm very sexual. I fuck bitches. I suck dick from the back. And you you also and you let the man also bring in. Yes. I have threesomes. I invite my friends into the bedroom. I, you know, I do all of these things that men want. So I was all, I was never, my friends used to call me the serial wife. Like I was never single. Even when I wasn't single, even when I was single, I wasn't single because there was a nigga that thought I was his bitch. You know what I'm saying? Like, I've never been, I've always been in a relationship. I've always had a man that's willing to risk it all for me. I don't know what life is like without that. I'm going to, let me respond to that. But before I do that, I definitely got a shout out to one of our viewers, Unique Brooks. Shout out to Unique Brooks. I mean, she's, she's one of our, like, consistent, we have a lot of consistent viewers and, and contributors, right? But she's definitely one of my, uh top five favorites you know what i'm saying but everybody else please like subscribe go ahead and if you haven't join our patreon hey date box is now lit and available go ahead and get your monthly subscription with date box so you get some more date ideas date box right behind you right there right i got there, you i got you that all right, sorry, Ace. Get it on the table. You know what? We'll go do that. Come on, see this, and this is why she's a serial wife because she come with the ideas. Yeah. So I'm, I'm very um, attentive. I'm very well, submissive. Can I just ask you a question? Right, my fault. I don't mean to cut you off. Sure. Good word. I, 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 but I, I'm dating one of these Gemini's. You know what I'm so, so you know the flip side. Yeah, I do. Right, but I listen. I match crazy. Okay, mm. but. <laughs> My question is, do you do you do you do these things or maybe right maybe so now, right? But let's go back to entirety, right? From the beginning. Mm-hmm. Did you do these things with these men because it's like I want to please this man or this is to please me? Or it's I'm a pleaser for one, not just in the bedroom. I am the let me make everybody around me happy, let me make everybody around me comfortable. Again, this is what I get from my mother being a caretaker. My mother was like that. My mother was the woman that handled everything for everybody. She shared her resources. She put you on to whatever. She was always trying to help, and I get that a lot from my mom. So it's fine. So I, um, 
I, besides me being a pleaser, um, trying to help in any way that I can, I just, I just like to do. I don't know. It's weird. Like a lot of girls say, "Oh, he gotta earn that." Like, no, I'm cook. Listen, I'm the girl that I'm gonna invite you to my house for dinner on the first date versus trying to get you to take me to Roof Chris. I don't want Roof Chris. I want to cook. Let me tell you. I love I you. I went viral I love you. on. I, I love listen, you. I went viral on the Breakfast Club. I was uh, doing a promo run for Beyond the Pole on WeTV. I was in season two of that, and I, I did a um, interview on the Breakfast Club promoting the show. And um, there's a story that Angela knows oh so well because we talk about it on lip service a lot, but Charlemagne and Envy had never heard the story. The story is that my very ultimately worst date in the history of dates was <laughs> I met a guy, he flew me out. We, um, he flew me out to somewhere, I think Dayton, Ohio, and really? it was Valentine's Day. And he kept ranting and raving about how he was going to take me to his favorite restaurant, and he took me to Applebee's. What? And, and now, mind you, this was in, like, 2002, right? I've been to Dayton. There's not like, much there in Dayton, I'll be like honest. <laughs> but here's the thing. Applebee's? They tried to— That's all that there is in Dayton is yeah, Applebee's. So, but how was that your favorite restaurant? Anyway, so— <laughs> That's all he knows. Clearly. Okay. So, you know, we talk about this a lot. I tell the story on lip service a lot. If it comes up, you know, I always have the same answers because all my shit is real. And um, we talk about it on lip service. So Angela brought it up to Charlemagne and Envy. And um, <laughs> it went viral. And the people was dragging me in the comments because they were like, the oh, bitch, you. you was raised on McDonald's. Don't act that too good for every... And here's the thing. It's not that I'm too good. I worked at TGI Fridays when I was 17, 19 years old. I worked in um, the hospitality field for the entire time that I had any type of real job. I know your food. I know the quality of this food. I look like this because I take care of my body. And part of taking care of your body is paying attention to what you put inside of your body. I drink water, right? I eat fruits and vegetables. And I take SEMO shots before anybody even knew that was a thing. Like, like, I take care of myself. So I'm not an Applebee's, wait, Fridays, wait, wait. Chili's. Wait, I'm not that wait. girl. I got it. Wait, Gigi, I want to say something. Hold on. What's wrong with your palace upgrading? Nothing. Like, if you were eating McDonald's said, and Burger King lie. and then you start Nothing. eating really good, your palace changed. Nothing, but the people were I so mad at me because they felt like, they felt <laughs> like into Mickey each D's. his own. I'm not saying that you can't eat McDonald's. I Mickey. even eat, I, listen, every so often I'll go ahead and give me a Jack Daniels chicken. Because <laughs> that sauce but is popping. Yeah, that Fridays, sauce is popping. Like so I'm just, I'm not a, I'm, I'm, I'm just not, I'm just not a chain restaurant consumer. Right. And okay. in, in these in this day and even back then, 2020 years ago, I was not into chain restaurants. This is not how I was you know, raised. It's not. I would have rather. And this is what the people missed. I would have rather him taking me to the grocery store and, and we bought some dinner. And I would have rather cooked him a meal when love, even though I just met this man, would have been the number one ingredient. That, that would have been a better date for me. With that being said, date box. OK. <laughs> We do have a bunch of different things every single month, and sometimes you might get a meal or an ingredient to cook with each other as a date. Right. Yeah. So Big I would have rather. Big shout out to Datebox. Big shout out to Datebox. He should have had a date box, and then maybe he could have got this box. <laughs> Instead, I got on a flight the next day, and I never spoke to him again. Yeah, never. Have you ever been back to Dayton? Hell no. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so look, I mean, look, I'm not gonna lie, I I agree with you 100%. Yo, listen, I said that we had a question a couple weeks ago or a couple of shows ago, and the question was, 
could you how could you spend what forty dollars on a first date? Easy. The grocery <laughs> store. Flowers included. I know, but flowers, but, wine, meal. Forty dollars. Publix. What what did I say? Everybody at eight at the table? Oh, I'm sorry, we in we up north. Um shop right. <laughs> but but or stop but and those shop. of y'all who don't know <laughs> under the conditions under the conditions if it's a first date and you you don't want the person to come to your house yes. I would say a picnic a picnic a picnic is fair yeah, absolutely you cook, the, you cook for the picnic but see, yeah, now you in bring this, the basket you this, bring everything in, in the basket my set lunchables blew me out oh yeah so yeah it's all so fair. we were staying at his house yeah yeah so that's all so right. let's go grocery shopping I'm gonna cook for you wait hold on so you could you could pay for a flight but then you go to Applebee's. It's just what he knows. <laughs> I'm just saying they don't just, add up. Just what, exactly. It doesn't add up. But if that's all that the options was, listen, he could have took me to um, Miss Rosie's diner and I would have had a better time. Like, you know what I'm saying? He could have took it me to a regular mom and pop restaurant that's something, you know, specific to that area. Uh, a nice, you know, family-owned restaurant where the people grew up there, the grandmom taught them the recipes. I would have had a very good time. I would have yeah. got to know him, but Applebee, and it was the way he kept, my favorite restaurant, you gonna love it. Ooh, I can't wait. It was that's, so good. It was Applebee's. <laughs> it was Applebee's. You know, I want to say something I always it's find Applebee's everywhere. this time, right? This is what I find interesting. And this was 20 years ago. 21 years ago. <laughs> 21 years ago. He said 02. It was 20 years ago. <laughs> so here's what I find interesting. I hear stories, right? And women be like, this dude is so corny. This dude is so... Like, they just it just happens. And I'm like, damn, what, where, where y'all get these guys from? Because I, I don't know, but I know they exist, right? And but everybody has a, a different type of uh, definition for what they consider corny. Okay. So... Did you I think kinda, he was corny? What do you consider corny? Yeah. I kind of like... A different kind of corny. Like, I like the regular, schmegular, degular corny. Break that down. So, I like, I, I don't know if it's because of what I've been exposed to in True. this industry. Young. And especially at a young age. Yeah. For a long you heard period it all. of time. Huh? You heard all the games. It's, I've heard it all. I've seen it all. I've done it all. It's not a couch I ain't stood on. It's not a celebrity I ain't partied with. You know what I'm saying? Like, there's not much to impress me. So when guys see me and they like, oh, she's this, she's that, she does this, she goes here, I've seen her on the red carpet this place and the Grammys that place, they feel like they have to come with a certain state of impression for me, and I find that corny. I would rather the other corny. I would rather the keep it 100, show me the real you, don't try to impress me because you think you have to. Like, mm. I would rather a regular schmegular take me to a fucking Applebee's? museum. No. <laughs> take me on a date in the park, picnic. picnic. Take me take me roller skating. Like, give me a new experience that I've never had before. Take me to make motherfucking a clay pot, like, on Ghost. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. show me some different shit that I've never seen before. That, that and it it doesn't have to be a first-class flight in the trip to the Bahamas. But okay. that's what guys see me, and they think that that's what they got to do to get me, and I find that corny in a negative way. Okay. I think it's corny, too. I've been saying that's been corny since like, the beginning. I, don't, I, I know that I always say lead with the bag because I got my own bag. But don't lead with the bag because you think to that... To impress you. Yeah, don't so like, do it with the wrong intention. So if Lead with the bag because that's what you normally do. Lead with the bag because, well... That's well, who you are. By lead with the bag, she's not saying... Well, maybe I'm not going to say what you're saying, right? But by lead with the bag, maybe the ideology is don't use your money, but be 
of value. Mm -hmm. See, there's a big difference. Exactly. When you got money, you walk like you got money. You act like you got money. You have the mannerisms and the etiquettes. But when you use your money... Listen. To feel like you deserve to be with somebody who has money. you use your money to express your value, mm -hmm. you will hurt. Yeah. That's 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 what I, I'm getting you get from. When I'm you're saying? using your money to express your value. Mm -hmm. I would never. But, okay. Like when, it's, when it comes natural, it comes natural. But what if Don't you... Don't force it. Yeah. Like, what if you, like, let's say, buy a... Um, I don't know, a, a, a Phantom or a Bentley, right? You're just like, I, I like this car. Are you expressing your value? Or are you saying, to, are you saying nah, this ain't a car for me. It's just something that I like. When you buy a Phantom or you buy any type of car of value, and, this, and the first thing in your mind is, I'm going to get mad girls. <laughs> That's not you. Again, it's your you intention. Remember, you have no value. It's your intention. You have it's to showcase it. The intention behind the actions yeah. that makes that this draws the line of if it's valid or not. Yeah, in my opinion. If I so buy that car it, is I not never... creating value for you, so you don't feel like no, it's it's creating a facade of value for you. To yeah, the people, not yeah, to you. To, yeah, to the, the people, but not to you. Yeah, but on the outside looking. But if you know. If you became successful enough to be able to afford a supercar, then at the end of the day, you're rewarding yourself yeah. for your yep. success, for your hard work. That's how I look at it. Which is, yeah. I got $5,000 glasses on my face. They're prescription. But I rewarded myself from the yep. from my hard work. I wanted yep. these glasses. You know what I'm saying? Like, I could have easily worked, went to Lens Crafters and got some no-name brand frames, and I can see I'm, out I'm of them on, just I'm on my way to Lens Crafters pretty soon. But, my eyes but I chose the heart it. frame Cartiers with the diamond cuts because I felt like I earned these. Yeah, and I'm just using that as an excuse because it's on my nice face. Nice glasses, yeah. But you get what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, it's, it's But you didn't buy... See, and that's the thing. So, like, men and women, right? Because there's some women that try to buy men as well as men try to buy oh, women. Oh, and they not 5,000. I was exaggerating. They was they was more like 2,500, but... <laughs> See, I like her. She's honest. Yeah. So, so... You know, people will be like, bitch, I got them glasses. <laughs> <laughs> you can't, bitch. So, yeah, shout out to Sale Opticians and um, Phipps Plaza. I'm, I'm finna come see y'all. I got another frame so I'm trying to work on. So, oh my shout out God. to my people over there. They take care of me every time. Um, yeah. I love it. <laughs> I love it. And, and I think that... I think, like, that's the, as funny as it sound and as simple as the sound, I think that's the hardest reason why people can't find the person they want. People have a really hard time just being real. Be cool how you be cool. Yes. That's all you got to yes. do. Stay in your lane and do your you thing. You know what the thing is? What? People are so pent up on um, the expectation of society, the expectation of, you know, what they think the people want. Mm -hmm. and, and what they think that they should be giving the people instead of doing what they want to do or, or act the way they want to act and feel natural just doing them. People always yeah. put a, uh, they show up with their representative. You know, they put that face on because they feel like this is what the people expect. Life, you're, you're, big shout out to Fatty. Life you, is a magnet, right? Period. You get what you attract. Mm-hmm. And... Maybe people are going through life attracting all the things they don't want, so they chasing what they do want, but what they do want ain't chasing them, so your life becomes a whole fucking... You ever see somebody just coast through Confusing. life, everything comes to them, and they don't even chase it? That sounds like me. That's how I got here. <laughs> do you see what I'm saying? <laughs> and, it's behind the scene, guys, so that's not the whole thing. And it's like when you chasing something... Is I remember Nas. Nas said this line, which I thought was like one of the dopest lines ever. 
He said, I got no game. It's just some, just understand my story. We came up with this hypothesis or ideology or theory that a lot of people think that they have opinions and perceptions and they don't. <laughs> it's all regurgitated from what they've been force-fed. No original thought, you're saying? They don't even possess it, so they think that they feel this way is them, but it really the, the way that they feel is whoever they look up to. Yep. Oh. And so now they're chasing whoever they look up to is chasing. They're not even, they don't even know who they are. They don't know their own opinions. They don't know what they truly want because they just want what whoever is being, you know, the hierarchy of whatever they love. So they don't know what they're attracting. Yeah, they're, attract, they're attracting something that they are being told to attract. I feel like social media has a lot to do with that, too. Yeah, or entertainment. You know, we, we blame Marketing, we blame social yeah. media, but it's definitely entertainment, right? Because before it was television. Yeah. You know, now we got social, social media. Social media is the new TV. Yeah, but you know, I'm not going <laughs> to lie, right? If, Internet is the new TV. It is. It, like... When the Phantoms, I, I want to talk about Phantoms because I always talk about Phantoms, right? Because I want that, I want a black two door Phantom. My right? boyfriend has a Phantom and he takes road trips in it. <laughs> right? And so I would that, never the, take a road trip in a Phantom, but he, it's a regular car to him. It's we a car, but it's a nice car. Alabama, See? And he's like, oh, um, we're going to take the Phantom. And I'm like, See, that's not. Two door joint, the Ghost? No, it's the big one. The four door joint. Yeah. Okay, I like the two door yeah. one. Yeah. I like the two door. See, I I I don't the, the four. That's door not one leading is, with your money, huh? Because, no, <laughs> that's not that's, leading with your money. That's normal to him. Because if you was he, leading he with your money, you would not do that. <laughs> no, it's just in a position to do it. Whether it's the yeah. or the Phantom or the the, the drop top Bentley, like he, this is every day for him. Now he does have a, a suburban, and you know the parents drive a, a Jeep, and the, the son has a Camry, so he might jump in one of those when he feels like he wants to. But it's every day he's Starbucks drive through and a Rolls Royce. I know. So that's regular for him. A, um, a lot about uh, the culture, and that's how they are. Yeah, that's how they are. They're dope, though. Big shout-out to Unique. She says she loves the Phantom. Yeah. <laughs> the Phantom, too. We got matching tattoos in the Phantom. What, the twos? Yeah, he got fours and I got twos, but we did it in the back of the Phantom. I need to step my I need to step my game up. <laughs> that was my birthday gift. My birthday gift to him um, the first year that he had last so, year. I, like, so you did tell us that you, do you mind if I tell, you know what I'm saying, about your tattoos? Oh yeah. All right, cool. Listen, I'm open book. I know. I just got, I wouldn't talk about it if I. Didn't. We're heavy on consent here. Yeah, that's fine. <laughs> so yeah. you, Sean, thanks, appreciate it. You guys caught that, right? <laughs> <laughs> so like, all right, you did say that how you had um, your ex's name tattooed on you three times. Three different times. And now you have your new boyfriend's name tattooed on you. Mm -hmm. Do you feel like that's like your sign of loyalty, or no. it's just something you less like to do? I got a bunch of tattoos. All of my tattoos mean something. It's not giving Macarena. I can explain every single one of them, even the snake. Um, the ex, I got his name here at first, um, when we first became an official couple. And then I was, um, he's from here, New York City. Well, New York. And I um, decided one day, like, you know the I Heart NYC, you know, that's on the t-shirts and shit, mm -hmm. the bumper mm -hmm. stickers, the I Heart NYC. So his um, nickname is three initials. So I'm like, I should get I Heart The three ABC, initials. Right? Okay. So I got that, like, over here on the rib. 
and this is already after I had this one, I was like, ooh, I should have got this. So I got it anyway. So at this time, I have two tattoos with this man's name on it. Happily in love. Yeah, happily in love. And this was within our first two years of being together. Go. So then, um, <laughs> you know, I'm, I'm in the middle of getting my sleeve. So I'm adding on to, you know, to the arm. I worked on the sleeve for a really long time. And um, I told him, like, oh, I'm getting another tattoo. So he's like, you should get another one from me. So I'm like, okay. So on the back of my neck, I had, uh, we're both Geminis. So on the back of the neck, I had my, um, I had Gigi and his initials. And it was a Gemini symbol that went from pink to blue. Like, you know, for me and him as our Gemini union. And um, the first time, so now I have three tattoos with this man's name on it. So <laughs> the first breakup, <laughs> I got this one covered. <laughs> The second breakup, I got this one covered. Not a goat. <laughs> and um, then I got this one covered. Before the third breakup, I got this one covered. Oh, you knew you knew you were breaking up. We broke up three times. I'm talking about before the the nail in the coffin breakup. The final one. But yeah. The the breakup. How do you know you're breaking up with somebody. I feel like women know ahead of time. I feel like we leave the relationship mentally before we leave the relationship. I heard that. My dad said that. A woman always leaves we, you. Like, we're already on to the next before we physically walk away from the relationship. Ah, I felt it one time. Yeah. <laughs> um, like, yo, what are you but, doing? <laughs> so our first two out. breakups... <laughs> our first two breakups was because I caught him cheating and it wasn't the cheating, it was the disrespect that came along with the cheating. Yeah. The last breakup was because he... Um, it was his insecurities and... Um, he thought you were cheating? I don't know what he thought, but I I guess. I went on a business trip uh, to Houston for a weekend and I stayed an extra day. And when I came back from Houston, he had changed the garage code on me, so I was locked out of the house. He's a Gemini. Yeah. He's very emotional. So we broke up. Most of us are emotional. And we live. I'm not going to lie. If you stood an extra day, I might have so <laughs> I might have been mad. So when I went back into the house, um, I moved into a guest room. And we lived in the house for two months before I moved out. But as officially broken up. So he was doing Did y'all talk in those two months? Going, no. No. We didn't have anything to talk about until we decided to move out date in my severance package. <laughs> Your what? Severance package. What's a severance package? Every time I moved out, he gave me money to start my life over. So you, so you that's, got, that's you got three packages. <laughs> yes, I did. She probably like we were breaking up right now. Yo, what? And the, and the and the third package came with a car. <laughs> Shit. Because he had just paid off my he had just paid off my car. I had, I owed like thirty thousand on my car loan, and I got the car during one of our breakups. And when I went back to him, I'm paying this car note, and then now we're back together. He's like, "Fuck that car note. I'm gonna just pay off the car." Mm -hmm. And he paid off the car. Um, it was like thirty thousand that he gave me the check, and I went and paid the car. So now I have the title. The car is mine. And um, a couple of months after that, we broke up. And then he gave me a, another check. You know, the start my life over severance check, and I already had the car. So, how much were these severance checks? If you don't mind, me more than six figures, I'm sure. No, not more six figures. No, I not more than a hundred. No, not okay. even that much. I was thinking much. like a hundred and fifty. You need that much was to start like, over? Was it like fifty? No, no. Just, it was it seventy-five? I mean, no, it wasn't even that 30, much. It was like one point six million. It, <laughs> <laughs> no, it wasn't. It was like fifty. It wasn't that. It wasn't even that much. Oh, wow. oh is it ten thousand dollars? It was more than that. Okay, twenty-five. Quarter, 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 quarter. Oh, I, I'm not mad at that. Around twenty-five. Twenty-five is a good start. So, so you, this is, so you got so seventy-five thousand out of fake breakups. 
Well, I guess if you put it. Like <laughs> but this was move, and this was like so. Okay. Security deposit for your new place. All of seven that. But, grand. but let's go back to. That's very reasonable. Let's go back to I. I don't know if we talked about this on camera. I know we talked about it off camera. I decided to stop dancing for this man, and I. This was in my prom. I was the Beyonce of Magic City. I was making stupid money and and I was that girl in the club yeah. and he couldn't take it because of his profession and, and how he was raised and his upbringing and it just came to a point where he's like he's a, he's an executive in a major in the uh, a major record label he's like a president and he's like any given Monday any of my little rapper artists can come see my girl on What's stage God booty damn. holes oh, and no. elbows nope, nope. I'm a shoe model I don't want my bitch to be a shoe model these niggas is, you know what I'm yeah. saying nah. And I used to have this, this that shit that I did with the water. Oh, he couldn't take it. I used to deep throw the water bottle and let it come all over my face. Imagine your employee yeah. seeing. Imagine your employee seeing and your girl. wife. Like. And you're the president of a major label, so he he couldn't take it. They so definitely wouldn't have I respect. Stopped, um, I stopped no. dancing because it was you know out of respect for my relationship, and I, I completely like cut my hustle that I was. So was I get lucrative. it. Yeah. So it's like I stopped my life for you. So now when it's time for me to restart, I'm gonna need. The, the, I'm gonna say jump. this. I'm, I'm not gonna lie. Cables. I'm not gonna lie. That's <laughs> that's cables. fair, especially because y'all dated for so long. For so long. Yeah. Nah, not even if they dated for so that's long. Fair. Rico's not gonna agree with me on this. No, nah, I'm not. This I mean, not gonna go. agree with. I was me. trying to avoid this part. I that's believe right. this wholeheartedly. <laughs> Women, if you're in a good position and a man is telling you to stop doing what you're doing, negotiate a good deal for and yourself. And that was where I fucked up. Nah, I'm with that. That was where I fucked up. Good you know, you know where I fucked up? I fucked up by not negotiating. My brother tells me this all the time. I fucked up by not negotiating and, a good and I, deal. Look. And I was blindsided because the day after I quit, I got a platinum Amex in the mail. So he you put me on his account as an authorized user, and initially it had no limit. So mm -hmm. I had a, a <laughs> unlimited platinum Amex. So what? You could have did what you wanted. What deal? Yeah, I was but good. Here's, here's what but I say. That Gigi. was an illusion. Here's that what was I say. It's the smoke and mirrors. Here's what I say to you. You could have found a way to get money out of it. The first negotiation I tell tell <laughs> is that if you gotta tell the dude, I'm talking about dudes that are doing, you know, getting money, doing really well, real money. The first negotiation. Get you a two or a three family. Get an investment property. No matter what happens, residuals. You are straight for the rest of your life. I didn't do anything. You know what I'm saying? Like I negotiate moved, a deal. I moved oh, to New York. And I just saw we got this. A dog. I just saw this. You three said, family. wait. She said we moved to New York and we got a dog. <laughs> It happens, but I'm just saying. It's like, oh, I just saw this three family in Jersey City for like four fifty. And he's like, oh, here, here's a check. That's yours. Now here, and now hear me out here. Um, you know, I spoke earlier that I don't have regrets and everything. No, you, well, because you're right? doing well for yourself. However, there are some things that I wish I would have made better choices. Okay. Did differently. Like, and yeah. did differently. And and that break, that leaving my height of my dance career for this man. You wouldn't have done without, it Without, no. And especially without a plan, I would not have done it that yeah. way. Um, but again, I learned the lesson. You know what happens now? I will never give a man full control of my life and my finances. You, I will never. You can. Ever. If you negotiate Give a man. No, I won't. Not even with a negotiation. So you let's say I negotiate because with you. Because the moment that he felt like I was out of hand or out of control. He can cut you off. He, no. Whenever but, he no, was mad at me, he would no. call Amex and put my shit on zero. No, but what I'm saying, what I'm saying about negotiating. He is held that money let's, over my head. Let's say you, let's say you were the guy, right? 
And then he says, oh, I want you to stop doing I don't want you to ever do another podcast in your life. I don't want you to do anything. And you say, okay, baby, if we break up, you got to put a million in escrow. If we have a fight, I need now half a brother, million. This is what my brother told if me. If we do, so this you are right. You negotiated your deals. My brother said what you should have did <laughs> was had that nigga put the. He it did. depends. Uh, my brother you, told me after the fact though. It depends like, because if you led like that, <laughs> no, you have to because no, he, only if you taking her from something she's already doing. I mean, yeah, if she's already like she's already yeah, yeah. doing her thing. I mean, to be honest with you, this was a long time ago when you quit, right? 2011. Okay, so, and it was actually, you know, I, I was a young boy then and I was watching it. It was starting to grow. But by starting to grow, I mean, like, compared to the height of that um, co- profession right now. Right. So, the difference then oh, no, and now. No, it was hotter back then. It was hotter then, and I'm going to tell you what. Yeah? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yo, the difference nah, then, I'm going to tell you. The difference then and now is... I think it's hotter now because it's it's commercialized. magazines back then. No, exactly. Covers. Somebody said that. She said she doesn't dance like she does today. She's nice with it. Yeah, I was an entertainer. I was was never... Oh. I was was an But here's the thing. Back then, I started Magic City in 2005. I was there from 2005 to 2011. Six years, right? This is Jeezy coming to a club spending 40000 In one night. Regularly. Not just in one night. Big Meech. On the regularly, regularly, Big Meech and BMF. I came, like, right before they all got locked up. But the, the, the culture had already, the seed had already been planted. So now that the dope boys is in jail, here come the rappers and the ballplayers keeping it up. This is the Little Wayne and, and, and Fat Joe make it rain days. You get what I'm saying? Yeah, the money I was, was different then. There were there were ball players Crazy. and rappers coming in the club spending 20, 30, 40,000 like it was nothing. P, Q, QCP. 200 grand um, on a night, bro. That's how QCP much would be in the club. QCP was. You don't think they do that now? The I think they do way more than that now. No, they don't. And he would <laughs> no, come to the club and spend <laughs> that type 000. of money. So you're trying to tell me that the As strip. The street nigga. The strip, the, the strip dance, the stripper slash dancer nightlife portion, right? has diminished in its gains or, or revenue. Yes, and I'm going to tell you why. In the last 10 years, 15 yes. years? I would say in the last... He's saying Elizabeth. Five to seven years, and I'm going to tell you why. Social media. Men aren't coming to the strip club when they can go down their timeline and see ass. What are they going to come to the strip club and buy it for? I guess that's true because that's when how I feel. When they can see it on the never, fucking phone. I never phone. thought about that. That's how I felt. And these girls that. these days, I'm an OG in this game. These girls these days don't give fantasy. These I bartend in the strip club currently, and these girls be on the stage shooting guns and rapping and shit, and I'm like, girl, be sexy. Don't no man want to come in here and throw money on you because you shooting guns in the air? That's a fact. Girl, I laugh, though. It's fantasy. funny. It's fun. No, be a cool. fantasy. Yeah, you have- when I was a dancer, it was... You are providing this fantasy for this man. He's going to come here to get what he can't get at home. He's going to come here to get away from his everyday problems. He's going to come here because he only could dream about having a girl like you. You get what I'm saying? And he still can't even have you. But he can have you for these 20 minutes that you grinding on his dick. He can have you for this 15 minutes that you smile in his face. These girls don't do that these days. They're, they're so stuck on clout. They're so stuck on on who knows me, how many followers I got, or the popularity of it. They took the fantasy out of strip. And guess what else left? The coin. Because <laughs> the fantasy is what really would get you the to pay. The fantasy is what got you the coin. That's it. Bye to TikTok. Bye, guys.
Ciao, TikTok. Big shout out to Thank you for being here. We appreciate you. Make sure y'all jump on to YouTube Live if you want to keep watching or sign to our Patreon. Rico, in Elizabeth alone, just in two clubs, Cinderella's and there was another one, bro. Mm -hmm. In Cinderella's, on a given night, on a given night, if there was less than 75 in that club being thrown that night, it was a slow night. And really? Seven, this 0405. Period. 0405. Oh four five oh, you know when everything. I don't know no different. You gotta remember, like by the time I was eighteen. Oh four oh five, you was you was on the steps. You were still on the porch. How old are you? I'm twenty nine. So how old were you in oh four? Like I was in sixth grade. Maybe even less, right? I was twelve. I might have been in seventh grade, like. So you had no idea what strip was. I'm no, I did, like. But not really. I I mean, you know. But not really. I started very early in my life. I was in the strip club by 16. Okay. But at you 12, know. you ain't know what was happening. By 12, nah. You knew about it, but you didn't know. I didn't, like, I didn't know. I never knew what the, the atmosphere was. Exactly. That's my. That's what I'm trying to say. You, and honestly, by the time, from 16 to 18, I was already over the strip club. Like, I was like, this is, like, all right. Like, Let me tell y'all who loves the strip club. Older, Caucasian, professional men will forever be committed to strip. For young black males, for young minority, because I'm not just going to say black, because the Spanish and the Asians and, you know, the younger crowd, are they're here for the novelty. They're here for the, this song is hot and they throw the money on this song. My homeboy, a rapper, be trying to get his song played. They're here for the, this is the thing. This is the popular, it's the popular thing to do. But the, the older, and when I say older, I mean 35 and up, right? The 35 and up professional, professional man, mostly Caucasian, those are the ones who are going to stay in the strip club and, and really be committed. The, the ones that's going in the champagne room, the ones that's trying to be sugar daddies, those are who's keeping strip alive. This this hood club, black club, ghetto club, whatever you want to call it, era, is slowly but surely dying. It's done. It's not it's the same. It's a different game. I don't even go. I bartend in the strip club. I, Shout out to Club Rain. Rain Atlanta, 16th. I bartend there on Wednesdays and Saturdays. For my birthday, I did a birthday set. I got on stage and danced. I didn't take my clothes off, but I got on stage and danced. When I did birthday sets at Magic City, the least amount of money I made was five thousand. The most amount of money I made was seventeen. I made three thousand dollars at my birthday set as me today. <laughs> but that's this. the but but that's the market. This. That's the way it is. There's no money in the clubs like that. My point. My, my guy, point. Money in the, the clubs. My, my, she said, my, "My guy, oh, I work in the hood. Yeah. I work in the hood club, yeah. and they wasn't checking for me." I, yo, I tell people, yeah, they this. Care. It's, it's, it, and I didn't shoot no guns in here. Maybe it's because you didn't. <laughs> Rico, I'm not even trying to be funny. It's like back, like, in, it's, it was very, there was strips of cars that could go for 16 blocks, and they were all luxury cars. Lamborghinis, Ferraris, <laughs> Rolls Royces. Bent, but now it's like, big it's just Cadillac a different time. Escalade that costs $120. The autobiography <laughs> Range Rover. I never even knew. Like, you ain't about to go down. Down memory lane. <laughs> right. Yeah. I mean, it's just crazy because... You know, as obviously, like, when you grow up, once you become an adult, whatever is the reality for that time frame is your reality of it. Oh, absolutely. Right? Like, I, like I found myself becoming a little bit older when I started to have to tell my little young boys, like, about Lil Wayne and, like, his whole his whole time frame. And they're like, well, Lil Wayne was really, like, a popular rapper. And it's like, wait, what? 
Lil Wayne gave me my name. Lil Wayne gave you your name. G.G. McGuire. See, there we go. See? Wow, really? That's crazy. There's also a song where he talks about how good I suck his dick, but I don't think I ever said that on camera. Well, you just said that. <laughs> yeah, sorry, Wayne. We still got that consent I mean, form, right? People, yeah, look, I, stand, I stand by my shit. Um, so there was this time where me and Wayne had a little friendship with Benefits Friendship. He was my buddy. And, you know, I went to Wayne's World a lot. And um, he... Um, when I got into my relationship with my ex, I just kind of faded away from talking to him, being with him, because now I'm in this relationship. And I hadn't seen him for two years because I've been in this relationship. And we're at Summer Jam. And I told this story on lip service, but I never told that it was Lil Wayne. So now everybody that heard the story on lip service is Lil Wayne. Um, <laughs> I was at the concert with my boyfriend at the time, who was my ex that I was with for so long. Mm -hmm. and a music industry executive, remember that part. And Lil Wayne sees me and he throws his hands up and I'm like, oh shit, right? And then he's he's performing at Summer Jam. It's him and Corey Gunn, six foot, seven foot. He says his verse. When Corey Gunn goes to rap his verse, he runs to the side of the stage, grabs my face, and kisses me in my mouth. My boyfriend is standing right behind me. Like I was a big Lil Wayne fan. Goat. <laughs> but he didn't know that he didn't know that I was in a relationship. He didn't know that I was with yeah, his he wasn't, I don't think he was being disrespectful. It was a it was a very natural um reaction to seeing his bitch that he ain't seen in two years because I kinda just like faded away like and stopped speaking to him. Um and that was a that became a problem. Now I had already told my boyfriend that me and him had what we had because I would never want it to come to him to find out on yeah. No. Yeah. So I felt like, you know, in the beginning of us being serious, I felt like, okay, since y'all are in the same industry and I assume y'all know each other other then I should probably tell you that this is this guy that I had yeah. something with it was never a real relationship I've never said I was his girlfriend we just had what we had but in hindsight I wish that I didn't tell him because they wasn't even really friends and he threw it up in my face every chance he get and oh god when that man kissed me in my face it made it so much worse oh and then two years after that the song came out he says my bitch named Gigi sucked my dick I'd be like goodness gracious fuck he used to say my G still for goodness gracious because I used to have that nigga climbing up the fucking bed I know that song stick in my mouth I know I'm, that song. Gigi. Devastation. Yeah, I got your bitch. I got your bitch. Like, Gigi, that's crazy. Like. Yeah, that's me. So, so um, the that's whole that's name that's thing wild. is I was on the tour bus. <laughs> I, I was on the tour bus. We was probably high on X or something. I don't know. And smoking some weed. And um, he's playing unreleased music. And he says, like, Weezy McGuire, show me the money. And I repeat it. Gigi McGuire, show me the money. Go. He's like, yeah. Go. That's it. That's it. <laughs> Keep that. Run with that. So that's how the Maguire came on to Gigi. And I that's dope. kept it ever since. And I actually owned that. I copyrighted Gigi Maguire back in 2012. So I owned the rights to use Gigi Maguire as a name for entertainment purposes. So anybody who thought that they were slick, you got to pay licensing fees. <laughs> Period. Our business is good over here. Wait, I haven't seen him in a long time, and we had a really good friendship that lasted about three or four years. Yeah, shout um, out to Weezy, shout out to yeah, Gigi. He's my guy. Big shout out. And I've always heard nothing but good things about him. He's so. amazing. He's very smart. He's a family man. He will take care of everybody around you. <laughs> One time I was on a tour bus and my period came on, and I woke <laughs> up in a pool of blood, and I was scared to tell him. And when I finally told him, he laughed at me. Like, I was so scared that he was going to flip out on me. And I'm like, I should have known, like, you know, I'm, I, I should have known that my period was coming. I should have been prepared. And he's like, you're a woman. That shit happens. Like, what is, what's wrong with you? And I was just like, 
you not mad? And he was like, <laughs> why would I be mad that you got your period? And I'm like, it's on your sheets. And he's like, we can get new sheets, girl. Like, you're tripping. Like, I literally was scared. To t- it was me and another girl because we have a lot of threesomes. And we woke up in the morning. You're going to blame her? No, 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 no. <laughs> we woke up in the morning. No, no, no. We woke up in the morning and he left the bed and we're still in the bed. And when I realized I'm laying in the pool of blood, I tell her like, oh, shit, I just got my period. What am I doing? She's like, you got to tell him. I'm like, I'm scared. And she's like, just tell him. And I'm like, no, I'm scared. And then she's like, all right, I'm going to go to the front and get him and tell him to come back here. So then that way, it'll just be you and you could tell him. So she went and she's like, Gigi needs you on the back. And you were sitting there like a scared dog, the, like your I poodle. Sitting on the t- I was sitting on the towel, like, um, I, I, I don't know how said, to tell you this. Uh-huh, put your hand right here so you can just feel how hard my heart is beating because I'm so scared <laughs> to tell you this right now. And he's like, what? What's wrong? What's wrong? And I'm like, just promise me you're not going to be mad. And he's like, what? What's wrong? And I'm like, he think it's something way worse. Like, <laughs> right. like, I, I just woke up to my period. And he's like. Okay. <laughs> He's like, thank God. It could have been like... <laughs> oh, no, no, no. no. I'll take that over anything else. <laughs> but, yeah. Um, that's the, a few of my but, Wayne memories. I don't know. That was kind of... Big shout out to but. Butterflies on YouTube. Um, oh, no. Somebody said something. Oh, I'm not going to read that. Uh-oh. No, it's not nothing bad. They're oh, just okay. saying that they, they want to they want see a lot more people on, on the live. Uh. Believe me. First of all, we're not putting. We're gonna not put this video out until we're gonna edit it from the cameras. We just wanted to share the moment with you guys. Yeah. Nice. And then the production you know, moment. Yeah, we wanted to just share the production moment. But this is probably gonna come out in a couple of days. Yeah. This is so dope. You got yeah. Well, Gigi, I want to say thank you for pulling up. You know, one thing about me is like I'm a person who just I love and live for honesty, especially on people's stories. But like. But honesty that people understand their own story. Like, some people just be, be being honest with their own lies. No. Does that make sense? Let me tell you something about me. For one, I smoke a whole lot of weed. I know I don't smoke on camera or I don't, like, kind of put out that pothead persona. But if you know me in real life, y'all You've been cooling on your show. I smoke yeah. a, I do. I'll be I seeing smoke you. a lot of weed, right? Like this. Yeah, I mean, I, I come out, I pop out when I need to, but I've learned from doing lip service and with having so many people in the conversation, I've learned to um, take those pockets and jump in and not over-talk. I used to do a lot of over-talking. Okay. Um, when I was drinking, you know, when you're trying to get your point across and you, you, you cut into We're so used to this on eight at the table, yeah. And, yeah. And, and, and you speak a little louder so that, you know, your voice can be overpowering, mm-hmm. and you know what I'm saying? So I, I learned to not do that. And maybe sometimes I... I don't speak up as much because of that, and that's probably is something I need to work on. But I would rather be more respectful to the guests and my co-hosts and kind of fall back yeah. than keep pushing myself and trying to make my voice be heard. No, you guys do a great job. You, yeah. you guys do uh, an amazing, job. amazing job. Yeah, thank you. Shout out to Lip Service. Shout out to Angela for giving me that opportunity. Um, her and my ex are really good friends, and me and her created our own relationship. And when she decided to make Lip Service a podcast, she just felt like I would be perfect to you be a co-host because I'm so open and I'm so sexual and I'm, I'm just so watch real and that. transparent. Yeah. Thank you. You guys, are, and yeah, you know, in the beginning, and people kind of so would like, too, like. I'm very, and and that's what that's I was. That's what say. I like the, the experience. Is, the thing is, in the beginning, it it kind of came off like I was proud to be a slut. Like this bitch always talking about this. She didn't did this. She didn't did that. Da, 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 da. But this has really been my life, and I, I I think that again, going back to why I think I we didn't get to that. Um, I kind of skipped over, but why I think I have one of the best vaginas in the world. Besides, yeah, I wanted to know. 
We have more time. Besides people telling me, we have time. Besides people telling me that I have amazing sex, head, vagina, everything, that I'm just very good in bed and very passionate. Besides people that I've been with telling me that, I enjoy sex. I enjoy every right. part of sex, right? So when you enjoy something, you're going to be good at it. Yep, and also, I'm a pleaser. I'm a giver. And yes, I've had a lot of experience. When you do something a lot of times, you become good at it. Practice makes perfect. Yeah. And, and not to say that I've had a lot of experience with different people, <laughs> because guess what? People always say, oh, she slept with 20 niggas, she a hoe. But I can have one nigga and fuck him 55 times, the same amount of times that this bitch got fucked by 20 niggas. You don't got to explain to nothing to anybody. You know what I'm saying? No, I'm just saying in general. Wait, hold on, wait. Time out. Right, wait. No, 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 no. I was with you. No, 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 no. I'm going to tell you why. I agree, I agree. Fox is getting beat by one person yeah. twice as much as it's getting beat by multiple people. The box is going to still be the box. Well, it depends because now we got to get into real things in the sense of like, okay, the box is getting beat by one person a thousand times, right? Versus... 50 people a thousand Versus 50 people a thousand times. 50 people 500 times. The box is getting beat twice as much by one person than it is half as much by multiple people but the multiple people is the problem well the multiple people yeah because you got well i don't know this is just me being open and transparent you know i had a long reign of um unprotected sex mm -hmm. right <laughs> so like if you got 50 unprotected sexers that's way different than having one person a thousand times. I'm cool with that. You know what I'm saying? And I think that... I'm just speaking from the experience level. Yeah. So I've had a lot of experience. I was a serial girlfriend, serial wifey, but I've always been in a relationship. And you've always I'm been very real. Very sexual, yeah. always. I'm very sexual. I've always been... I'm never single. I was... I, well, until... I was single when I broke up with my ex. I was single for like two years. Um, but I was having sex. Clearly, but did you um, have a boyfriend in those two years? No, I have a boyfriend now, but I spent two years single, and I I did have some sex. I had some really good sex. Did you date? Like go out, or did you just yeah, of did course. you circle back to yeah. old friends? No, 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 no. Um, I, I dated. There was a guy that I dated that I never had sex with. Um, there was a guy that I dated that I had a lot of sex with. Um, Wait, what was the difference between them two? Because you were dating yeah, them both. Dated yeah. that I didn't have sex with. Yeah, yeah. I he was very generous and he was. Um, what did Esso say? Esso said they don't want gentlemen. He was, no, no, no. <laughs> it's he not probably that. just didn't care. Huh? I'm gonna tell y'all what it was. He was very generous. So I like a, I like a man that is going to offer without you having to ask. And he right? did that. And he did that, right? I also like a man who is intelligent, and he was not that. Oh. <laughs> he was oh. not intelligent. Oh, and, 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 and not to say that you have to be a scholar because guess what? I never graduated high school. I don't have anybody's diploma or degree. However, I'm still intelligent. Oh my god! You know, and this man was kind of a dummy, and I was completely <laughs> turned off by the fact that this man was a dunce. He was a dunce, and I, it would be like that's my be that's like my pet peeve. He didn't know what a hermit crab was. What um, Jay Z put out his um his um catalog on his birthday and I was I'm a huge Jay-Z fan and I was Same. I was happy that Jay-Z put out his catalog because now I don't only have to listen to title I can go to Spotify and hear Jay right yeah. this man says well what's a catalog oh uh, 
He wanted to get into the music industry. He wanted to. He wanted to get into the music industry. He, I guess he had some street money that he was trying to flip and get in the music industry. And he was try, hoping that I could help him with my uh, celebrity Rolodex and, you know, the, the people I, that I rub shoulders with and elbows with on a regular basis, right? And I asked him, I said, well, what's your drive? He said, what do you mean? What kind of money I got to put up? No, nigga, why you want to do this shit? <laughs> you want to know what his answer was? <laughs> well, my homeboys... He was from, um, oh, I don't want to say. That's not, yeah, that's not say. I don't want to say where he's from. He's but from somewhere in the U.S. Homeboys he had to from be, his town. He had to be far away from the tri-state. their money into some artists that made it big, so he felt like he was left behind and he could do the same thing. <sighs> oh, yeah, it doesn't work that way. Was he in Dayton? No, I'm no. kidding. <laughs> <laughs> Makes sense. <laughs> Kind of close. <laughs> um, so, yeah, that was a difference. In, and listen, it got to the point where he did so much without me having to ask. I almost felt like I owed him some pussy. Like, even though I wasn't sexually attracted to him. Even though you didn't give it to him. him. That's how it usually even happens. Even though I wasn't sexually attracted to him, I felt so like happened. by default, if he tried, you then gotta I would give, it to, give him. it to him because he earned the pussy. Yep. But he, he never, never tried. Because he was scared. He never tried. And it would he be didn't like, take it, he but slept, he earned it. He slept in my bed. <laughs> I was like paying for food and not eating. slept in my bed multiple times and yes and he never tried why didn't you no. take it because you i didn't wanted. care i didn't know oh, so, yeah. no oh. i mean and lot, he did mention one time like you know we should have been coloring or something but i mean I, my ass oh. you know that this you know that <laughs> and you ain't do nothing so i turned that ass off and went to sleep what you want me to do break you <laughs> <laughs> I mean, and I am an initiator. Maybe, but I'm, I'm about an to initiator, say, but I'm an initiator. Can when I ask I, you a question though? Well, you initiated by being naked. I'm about to say so that kind of works. Weren't out. you probably? I, I'm guessing. I'm not even. And this was, you, this was during the two years that I was single, single. from leaving my. So you was you was hot and ready. Yes. Okay. Did you kind of initiate and lead the relationship for the majority of the other categories? Like everything if, else was the reason why he stayed around. Like in a sense, so it was you, like if we want to eat, or if if you mm. want to eat, we're gonna go here. Okay, boom. Uh, we're gonna do this. We're well, gonna do this. Mostly because he lived in another city. So when I saw him, it was because he came to visit in Atlanta. And the first two times, I made him get a suite. Um, but this, but after the second time, I I let him come to my house. So he probably came to my house maybe four or five times. So maybe, you know, he was in my yeah, area. He was in my town. So, of course, I'm going to say, let's go here, let's go there. Because nah, nah, I never nah. took a trip anywhere. I never went to his. No, but, but who was leading money, the relationship? So I kind of yeah, had, yeah, like, yeah, home yeah. team advantage. No, you had all, you had the pants. Like, we got to be realistic. You had the pants okay. of the relationship. Okay, I never thought about it like that, but I'm, you was I'm in not control. He was scared. Yo, he was scared to take a. He was now, honestly, scared of rejection. He was intimidated. Men, men are scared of rejection. I think or, or he, was he was intimidated. He was intimidated. I That's think he was intimidated. And he's like, he whatever was, she's gonna be okay with is what I'm going with. I'm not I'm gonna, gonna move myself. Yeah. So if you started something, then he would react. He was a reciprocator. I, I, I definitely think he was intimidated yeah. for sure. And listen, his loss because you wanted to give it to him. He's tight. Well, he but I would have. I felt like he earned it, even though I didn't want to have sex with him. I felt like, damn, this man. And did so so much for me. I can't tell him. Does that. he have a second chance if you were to be single again? Like, hey, I heard you I talking on eight at the pass. table. I can't get over. I can't get over that. Dunk Can I just cap. get that little? You know what I'm saying? That <laughs> just that little that, one thing. That like. dunk cap ain't coming off. And the time had listen statute of limitation. That time has passed. That, that <laughs> coupon, that coochie coupon has expired. Yeah. Okay. God damn, bro. Sorry. Hey, big he's fella. Mad. He's gonna see this. <laughs> He's going to be like, Damn. learn from but your mistakes. Learn, He's going to be like, damn it. 
<laughs> you wow, this is a real crystal glass. Y'all got money over here. <laughs> 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 so we're gonna say thank you to Gigi Maguire. This was an incredible, Dope. incredible YouTube. We're gonna have this up probably for another hour, then we're taking it down. So if y'all gonna watch it, watch it. Period. And then you guys will see it again um in like a day or two. We're gonna put it back up after it's edited. Nice. So big shout out. Big shout out to Gigi. I appreciate y'all first and foremost for thank having you. me. This for was so yeah, refreshing and I just, you know, I love to be able to um, have healthy communication with, you know, like-minded folks and, you know, healthy debates and that, that thing. So I really didn't know what to expect. I did watch a few shows, didn't know what to expect, but um, <laughs> I'm here for it. So I appreciate okay. y'all. Um, anybody looking for my OnlyFans, miss Show Me The Money, link in my bio on Instagram. Yeah. Oh, I haven't. You know what? I'm going to do the water. I ain't did it in a long time. My ex made me stop doing it. I'm going to do it. Look, you, mean, you know these my days. My first time I actually want to go and sign up to somebody. I'm going to do the water fans. on OnlyFans. It's all it. support. And my hair. My hair it's I, all I support. Right now too, so I can do it. Yeah, I can do it. Um, so, um, uh, Miss Show Me The Money, uh, OnlyFans forward slash M-S-S-H-O-W-M-E-T-H-E-M-O-N-E-Y. Um, that's also my hashtag if you ever want to find anything I posted on Instagram. My Instagram is at Gigi Maguire, G-I-G-I-M-A-G-U-I-R-E. Same on Twitter, even though I don't be over there that much. And um, Lip Service, you can find me on Angela Yee's Lip Service podcast. We release episodes every Tuesday on Angela Yee's YouTube page. Um, I'm at in Atlanta. Come to Atlanta. Come see me at Rain. I got you on the Casamigo shot. Um, pull up. Tell me that you saw me on eight at the table and first drink on me. Um, I'm there Wednesday nights and Saturday nights behind the bar in my blue ensemble. My titties on my chin. Because I, I like to do this. You know. Um, I don't know what else. Oh, um, uh, what's coming up? What I got going on? Shit. Follow me. I don't know. Find me. I'm here. And then we're going to tag. We're going to tag Gigi. <laughs> and we're going to put a bunch of stuff in the story. So. Oh, yeah. So if you didn't get a chance to watch season two of P-Valley, thank you for that. If you didn't get a chance to see season two of P-Valley, um... Here's the thing with P-Valley. A lot of men feel like they can't watch it because of all of the homosexuality. Don't look at me. <laughs> <laughs> Don't look at me. I've seen season the, one. The, and, and we met Uncle Clifford at um, the Tribeca Film Festival. Nice, Very cool nice. people. Shout out, to, shout out to Nico. Yeah, shout dope. out to Katori Hall. Shout out to Brandy. Shout out to the whole so P-Valley family. Um, I'm, I'm here for it all. Uh, season two, I make an appearance as myself on episode five. And um, P. Valley, you know, a lot of men feel like they can't watch it because of the homosexual activities, but it's about a strip club. It's it's two gay people, maybe three, but it's 50 <laughs> bitches and 100 titties. So go watch P. Valley. And it has a really good storyline as well. Um, and I'm not just saying that because it's, it's yours. My life. <laughs> it's, it's really a good story. I've seen season um, one. It's a good. It's, it's also, good. I did We TV's Beyond the Pole season two. If you want to go watch that on all black or we tv you can find that on demand um just watch out for your girl i got a book coming i'm just trying to do the most yeah somebody said that aaron the renegade was they like wanna, you need they to, want my you, book yeah they, they everybody's book waiting bad. for that book they want my book bad it's i'm working on it angela's actually helping me with my book okay so. shout out to angela yeah, shout out to angela we love Big angela. shout out to her um the book, you know what? One thing about the book, I started. I used to sit on Wayne's tour bus with a with a three ring binder and and write. And and he would be like, "What are you writing?" And I'd be like, "My book." And he's like, "Just writing it." And I'm like, "Yeah." The thing with that is, I was still living my story. 
I, I right? And, you still and I never and I still am, but I never really felt like the time, you know, everything is about timing when yeah. it comes to, you know, this type of shit. And I feel like I was still living my story. I feel like, yes, I was popular in some aspects, but I didn't have the star power that I have now. Yeah. And not to say that because I'm not the biggest, but, no, but you, I am big have, enough you, right now and I've told my story and tidbits of my story between lip service and interviews like this enough times that I feel like it's time to give the people more because yeah, right. I keep leaving little breadcrumbs. It's, it's time to just cut the damn bread. But even yeah, even even dope <laughs> is that after something like this, like this conversation, people will run to go get the book because they want to read the story. Mm-hmm. They want to know more. You see what I'm saying? You see how they run into OnlyFans? Mm-hmm. So they'll run to Barnes & Noble. Who's that? You mean we? <laughs> yeah, and I've up. never signed up. But pull up with my OnlyFans. I'm going to support Gigi. I'm going to get the water. I'm going to get the water. We're going to support Gigi. I'm going to pour the water trick out just for y'all. Can we get an eight at the table only fans so we can support our guests? <laughs> yeah, I should. <laughs> thank you so much. Thank you thank so you. much. I thank you for coming. Y'all. We I, appreciate I really it. Yes. YouTube, thank you, everybody. Thank you. Um, definitely jump on the Patreon, guys. Daybox, you guys know what it is. Thank you to Gigi McGuire for coming through. Looking forward to it. And um, just good to have really strong, positive energy. People that you know that are real. I think the real always survive the test of time. Absolutely. It doesn't matter. Thanks. When you're real, you're real. And it's just like, it's, it's hard to explain that to somebody who's not. Who's so not, period. Everybody could be real if you find the real you and you be mm-hmm. your real self. Gotta be yourself. And once you be your real self, you can make it through anything. Peace, everybody. Yes. Part two, whenever y'all need me. I'm here. Got it.